Turn to the person next to you and tell them, say, I'm glad you got to sit by me. <laughs> Amen. Tell them, you blessed. Say, you blessed. You got to sit by me tonight. <laughs> it is, again, it is, so, it is so gracious of you all to have us. And uh, again, we just bless you and bless Pastor Ziggy and Annie and the entire family. Um, you know, I was thinking as you said, uh, talking about um, how the church is so important. And I believe it was the family was the first institution that God created. Well, this is a family. This is a family. So you can't say that the church is man-made. It is an institution created by God as family, a family of believers. And I don't know about you, but there have been days that I've had a whole lot more help from my church family. I shouldn't go there. <clears throat> Turn to somebody and say, aren't you glad I'm in your family? Amen. God bless you. Listen, if you've got your Bible, you can go back to Genesis, the second chapter. We're going to go back there in just a few moments. And uh, we're, we're actually going to take this just one more step tonight in talking about the breath of God. And um, I don't want to bore you by repeating everything I said, but I feel like we just need to kind of regroup ourselves on what we said this morning and then we'll move on because we we were talking about the fact that everything that is alive, everything that is alive, let me say that again, everything that is alive is breathing in some form or fashion. Whether it's breathing air into its lungs, whether it's breathing uh, you know, in the water, the oxygen comes from the water that it swims through, or even if it is a plant and it's taking carbon dioxide in and then releasing oxygen, there is a breathing process where there is a receiving and a releasing. A receiving and a releasing. And we talked about that. I started talking about that this morning and said that this is the process that God started in the garden. Yeah. Way back there in the garden when he created Adam out of the dust of the earth. You know, that... that that amazes me because, you know, when you think about it, uh, you are a big pile of mud. Yep. <clears throat> I guess that's why some people are just dirt bags. I'll, I'll move on from that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But when God created man and woman or humans... He didn't just speak. When you, when you go back to the first chapter of Genesis, again, I'm not trying to reiterate everything we said, but when you go back to that first chapter of Genesis, the Bible says that Elohim, the, the whole, through that whole chapter, the word Lord is Elohim, and it's the pluralized version of gods, or God. It's a, it's a common Hebrew name for God, but it is the pluralized version. And so we see the work of the Trinity in creation. You, when you get to Genesis, the second chapter, though, you have a one-on-one -on -one approach, a more personal approach, and in Genesis, the second chapter, the seventh verse, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being or a living soul. The word there for Lord is the word Jehovah, self-existent, 
never-ending one. That means that he does not depend on someone else in order to exist. He was, he is, and he ever will be. He's not, he's not contingent upon what the world is doing. He's not contingent upon actually what you and I do. He is contingent upon his own self. Him, he is the self-existent one. And we told you this morning that the word there, Lord, is actually our angle, or we, we use the word Jehovah. It's the anglicized or the English version of the word Yahweh, which the Hebrews believe is probably the closest or most correct pronunciation or enunciation of the word God. Now, again, I told you this this morning, and I feel like I'm, I'm rushing here because I don't want to spend too much time here, but I just want to bring us back up to speed. That word Yahweh, and we're not given a Hebrew lesson, please understand, that word Yahweh is what we understand his name to be. Now, we told you this morning that there are many Jewish theologians, philosophers, uh, students of the original script or the original manuscript that was, that, was, you know, that was handed down over the years, and they believe that when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, he breathed into Adam his name. Now understand that. I know that we said that this morning, but I want you to get back there. I want you to get back there on that because when God leaned over after drawing a mud man out of the dust, putting form and fashion to him, he leaned over and breathed then into his nostrils his name. Now, we told you this morning, he's, he's known by several names within the Bible. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Come on, you with me? Jehovah, uh, you may not know this one, but Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Nisi, our banner. There's so many others that we could go through, and I don't want to spend too much time on there, but each one of his names reveals a different part of his character, a different part of his essence, a different part of his love and his grace that is extended to us. If you look at Jehovah, right, uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness, it is only by the blood of Jesus we become righteous. It is not by works of righteousness, but by his blood. So his name represents his essence, his ability, or who he is and what he is to us. Adam, in that original point of creation, was breathed into then the essence of God. The essence of God. God became, or I should say it this way, the living God became the reason behind every living thing. I think that's why David said, let everything that has breath, come on now, what? Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. So his breath, when we talk about the breath of God that he breathed into him, his breath is a release of all that he is. And as Adam breathed in that first breath, there's a, <clears throat> I don't know if I've, I've talked to you about this, but there is a, is there, there's a thing in, the, in Hebrew and, and Greek study called the law of firsts. Okay, 
you, you may have already shared this with your people. But the law first says that the first time something happens in Scripture, it should be noted. Even though it may happen a hundred times again or be, right. be mentioned a hundred times again, the first time needs to be right. understood. When God breathed into man and released himself into man, as Adam received that breath, Jewish historians believe that he breathed into him, or God breathed into him, Yah. And as Adam received it, he had to then respond. And he responded with way. You have Yah, an in-breath. You have way, the expression or the out-breath. In fact, we did this this morning, but I want you to do it again. Because I tell you, you know why this, this challenged me so, so much? I was, I was studying on this, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of things that happen in my truck. I'll be driving. I, maybe it's because I'm by myself or whatever. My wife always wants me to get rid of that truck, but there's a lot of spiritual meetings I have with Jesus in my truck. <clears throat> it's not an altar, because <laughs> it, it don't look like an altar. But uh, I was driving, and all of a sudden, it hit me, and I began to say, I began to drive down the road going, way, way. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost hit me and said, every breath, every breath you breathe, you express the nature of Jesus. Every breath you breathe becomes significant then, which if your breath is significant means you are significant. As long as you are breathing in this earth, you have a significance to the body of Christ, to the kingdom of God, and against the power of darkness. So, that, that kind of brings us back up to where we were, right? Before we go any farther, I just want you to try it one time. I want you to breathe in yaw and exhale way. Do it again. Yah, way. Some of you think, some of you that have been through Lamaze classes, you think, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm going back to Lamaze. No. <laughs> well, it may help you with your pain. It may help you with your hurt. It may help you with your, it'll sure enough help you with your focus. When you realize you carry the essence of God himself. We told you this this morning also, and I, just, I, was gonna, I was gonna bypass it, but the Holy Ghost brings it back up, and I'm gonna say it again. That's why the enemy hates you so badly. Because even as you, you don't have to be in church for the enemy to hate you. You can be at home, in bed, asleep, but you still breathing. And as you breathing, you're breathing Yahweh, Jehovah, Jesus. My righteousness, my banner, my peace, my overcoming God. I'm breathing and the devil hates it. I'll say it again. It makes me want to become a loud mouth breather. Let me move on though. Because tonight I want to take just a few more steps. And, and, and I promise, I, I, want to, 
I want to be everlasting without being eternal. You'll get that on the way home. Don't worry about it. We asked this morning, and we want to ask it again, because this, tonight, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it'll get a little tight so we can get right. Turn to somebody and say, just hang on, it'll be better. Say, it'll get better, it'll get better. I want to check again tonight, how are we breathing? Go ahead, man. How are we breathing? How are you breathing? If every breath is an utterance of our Creator's name, then we should say that the breath of God can be and should be the basis for every decision, every impulse, and even every action of our lives. Do you remember the scripture we used this morning, Philippians, the first chapter, the 21st verse, when Paul said, for to me to live... Is what? Christ. Is Christ. What that's saying then, that that's a different way of thinking that is within the church in this present generation. It's a different way of living. And sometimes, beloved, we need a new way. Because too often, I think church people, listen, I've been a pastor for a couple of days. And too often people compartmentalize God into only certain areas of their lives. We want him on Sunday, but Friday night's mine, baby. He's welcome when I need him. Listen, I, I, I don't want to pack any baggage of shame or condemnation. That's not what I'm about. I'm just asking if his breath is in everything, how are we breathing? How are we breathing? This morning I told you there have been a few times in my life where I have not been able to catch my breath. And maybe you've been there, but you know what I, what I want to tell you is this. I remember those times I sat down and I concentrated on breathing because nothing was more important at that point in my life. Some of you about to get this. Some of you about to get this. I wonder, beloved, if our spirits are not feeling a little bit of that. Are they screaming out to us, breathe? Would you please breathe? But we get so preoccupied and maybe distracted with this life that we don't realize we are actually being suffocated by this life and the enemy. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Let me, let me, let me read this. Matthew 4.19 says, The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, not riches, the deceitfulness, of riches and the lust of other things entering in, listen now, chokes the word. I just want to ask, how are we breathing? How are we breathing? You see, for the I love this study when God actually began to open up to me because I got to go a little deeper into it. And for the Jewish scholars, the idea of silently speaking Yahweh's name when breathing was pivotal to them. 
It actually, they say, it could have been an interpretation of the third commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Told you it's going to get white. Don't get a little tight. That's okay. I know growing up, maybe, maybe you weren't like me, but I grew up in a church and I always imagined that that commandment, don't take the name, the name of the Lord in vain. Anybody ever heard that commandment? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. <clears throat> I imagined it was about cussing. If you said a, a swear word, you were taking the name of the Lord in vain. And heaven help you if you ever said GD. Pastor, you should say stuff like that. But Lord have mercy. Some of you think worse. Don't, don't fool with me. Don't fool with me. So I grew up, and I imagine, Pastor, I imagine that that was, that was what this whole scripture was about. You know, the, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, don't cuss. Don't cuss. But in reality now, that definition falls way short of imagining the fullness of God, of, of Yahweh's glory, of Jehovah, and of Jesus being revealed and expressed in my being. It'll get a little quiet, and it's okay. I'm not afraid of the quiet. Jesus taught, he repeatedly taught that the words and the actions of mankind were indicators of one's true self. Or that they were the spirit and the heart of a person. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus actually equated being angry toward a brother or sister, he equated it to murder. Well, I didn't say nothing. I didn't do nothing. He actually equated lust in a person's heart to adultery. So when we think about it, when you just stop and think about it, we speak, maybe quietly, but we speak his name with every breath. And we have to ask ourselves, do I take the name of the Lord in vain? Do I allow, oh, see, I got to repent before I ever got here, so that's all right. <laughs> Do I allow the distractions to frame my breathing and my speaking? Do I allow the times where peace leaves my mind and chaos enters, do I allow them to direct my talk? Do I allow my fear, my anxiety, my, 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 my times of, of feeling insecurity, do I allow those to frame and become who I am and the essence I portray? Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to condemn you. What I'm saying is I'm just asking, are we running low on breath? Is it labored? Well, Pastor, this is, Pastor Harris, this is, this is a revival. You need to preach something that's, that's up and, and get, get with it. Get me happy. Get me happy. Well, you can't stay happy if you ain't got no breath. So I'm just asking, do we need fresh breath? Because if we're struggling, 
Now, that was, that was the hard part. That was the hard part. Turn to somebody and say, that's done. If we're running low on breath, if we're struggling to breathe, if we find ourselves being choked by this world, the Bible says we can call for breath. We can make the call. God told the prophet Ezekiel. Come on, somebody, you got to help me now. God told Ezekiel to go to a valley full of dry bones. Let me, let me just read it. Let me just read something to you. In, in the 37th chapter, verse 4 through 10, it says, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Stop there for a minute because I got to tell you, that word there, Lord, is the word Jehovah. It is Yahweh. When you come to a dry place, <laughs> you got to speak Yahweh. You got to speak Jesus. You got to breathe the essence of the Savior into every area of that dryness. Let me move on. It said, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. What is prophesying? It's breathing and releasing with words. So I prophesied as I was told, as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. And then he said, prophesy unto the wind. The word wind there, let me stop because I know I'm cutting this up a little bit. But the word wind there is the word ruach, and it means breath. That's the literal translation of the word ruach, which we get wind out of. It is the word breath. Prophesy to the breath. Start speaking to the breath. Start not just taking it in and releasing it, being un unknowingly knowing what you're doing. You just, you're oblivious to what you're doing, but begin to use the breath of God, prophesy to this thing. And he said, but there was no breath in them. He said, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. <clears throat> Let me try to wrap this in a little bit, because I, I feel like I'm a little disjointed, but I, I'm going to get there. God told Ezekiel to speak to bones. You know that story. You also know that once he spoke, they rose up. They came together. They joined. They were enabled. They were empowered. They became an army. But they needed breath. They needed breath because without breath, there was no life. And that's why God told Ezekiel, call for breath. Call for breath. 
Beloved, <clears throat> let, me just read it. let me just read it like I wrote it in my office. I submit to you we're living in a day of demonic suffocation, and we need to call for breath. Like a spiritual SOS, we need to call for Yahweh to bend from heaven and fill our lungs fresh and new again. We need Jehovah to reach into the mud mess we have created and breathe his nature and character back into us. We need to call for the third person of the Trinity to fill us with himself. We need to call for breath. I believe that the church needs the Holy Ghost to fall fresh on us once again like it did at the day of Pentecost. We need the breath of God to sweep through our homes, to sweep through our schools, to sweep through our cities and revive love in our families. We need Holy Ghost oxygen to hit the pews, the pulpits, and everything in between. We need the Holy Ghost. We need him to blow through our lives. And can I say it this way? To reinflate spiritual lungs that have become deflated. Maybe the breath of God to blow upon personal embers of commitment. Don't preach there. Don't preach there. We need a personal passion for his presence. But a personal passion for his presence is not going to be ignited by someone else praying for you. You're going to have to call for breath. You're going to have to call for breath. I'm telling you that the enemy has come to suffocate the church. But we can raise our hands. We can raise our voices. We can raise our praise. We can raise our prayer. And we can call for breath. This is what I came to tell you and remind you of. When Ezekiel called for the breath, the Bible says that from the four winds, that means from north, south, east, and west, from everywhere God was willing to move and do. He wasn't waiting and saying, well, if you get to here, he was saying, all you got to do is just call out to me and I'll blow again in your life. I'll blow the breath of life. I'll blow the breath of, of, of salvation and redemption and regeneration. I will blow the breath of my spirit. I think... I think maybe it's time for someone to begin to say, God, blow mighty breath of God. Blow upon this place. Blow mighty breath of God. Won't you come in power and grace? I think maybe it's time for us to say, God, in my home, blow. In my work, blow. In my school, blow. Inside of me, blow. Because it's time for us as the body of Christ to use that Yahweh to bless him and not curse the situation that we're in. It's time to call for breath. It's time to call for breath. 
In fact, this, David said this in Psalm 103. He said, bless the Lord. And you know what that word is there, Lord? You betcha. Yahweh. Bless that breath. Bless that breath that he gives to me. And oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless that breath, that Yahweh, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness, and who has given tender mercies, satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. There's a part of that verse, and, and I, I'm really not going to be very long. But there's a part of that verse that says, to forget not. You know what to forget not means there? It, it, it literally means remember or refuse to become oblivious and nonchalant. Let me tell you this. I believe this is the call of the hour. This is the challenge, and this is, our, this is what we need. I know I need it in our church. We have got to stop being oblivious or nonchalant to the spirit of the living God. We say we are entertaining your presence no matter what you say, Father. We're saying, come, change us from the inside out, from top to bottom, whatever you've got to do. Go ahead and move and breathe again like the days of Pentecost when like a suddenly a rushing mighty wind came in and fell upon every one of them. Here's what we got. I told you, I'm not going to be long. You say, well, Pastor... I, I didn't even know what you want to do. We're going to call for breath. We're going to call for breath. I don't mean a collect call. Are you in the house? I'm talking about, I'm talking about getting serious with him and saying, I got to have breath. I'm suffocating in this mess. I'm suffocating in this relationship. I'm suffocating in my, in my mud mess that I have created. I'm suffocating without you, Jesus. I'm suffocating without your touch and your blessing, your spirit, your love, your anointing. I'm suffocating, Father, and I need breath to come from the four winds. I need it to come from the north, the south, the east, the west. I need the power of the breath of God to blow upon my spirit again. Where's Gaby? Gaby, come on. I told you we won't go by long. I want you to stand to your feet. <clears throat> Get my water. Thank you. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like my, 
you know, I haven't gotten stirred up enough to really do this. Well, that's the problem. When a nurse or medical technician puts the air mask on you, if you're in an in a, in emergency situation, the only way they can force you to breathe is that they insert a tube. The problem is you're not breathing on your own. And many that are intubated cannot continue when they're extubated. Pastor Annie, I don't want somebody to pump me up anymore. I don't want them to intubate me one more time. I need some breath. I'm telling you, I, I'm not being political, but I told you this morning, I believe this could be a spiritual impact of the whole pandemic. The enemy was trying to make us afraid to breathe. Because if we breathe, we might get sick. What a lie from hell. If you breathe heaven's air, you ain't getting sick. You're getting saved, redeemed, justified, filled, blessed. Here's what I want you. I want us corporately call for breath. So, Pastor Harris, I'm, I'm tanked up and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Wonderful. Then you ought to be calling for somebody else. You ought, to, you ought to be the first one hollering out. And I feel by the Spirit, there's someone here right now that you even are saying, I don't even think I can call. You know what? Lifting that hand is a call. Once you get a little breath, lift the other one. Once you begin to feel you begin to feel the breath of God beginning to stir in your spirit, then you call. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to begin to call out to heaven. Father, we need breath. We need breath. This nation needs breath. My home needs breath. I need breath. I need the breath of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I don't want you to walk around it. I want you to begin to say it. I want you to call for breath. If you were suffocating, you wouldn't hesitate. If your family member was suffocating, you wouldn't hesitate. You call. Call for breath for your children, your grandchildren, your soul, yourself. Come on, call.
Father. Blow, Spirit of the living God. Come on. Come on. You need breath. You need a refilling of the breath of God, the Ruach, the wind of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I want you to lift your voice. Yes. Begin to lift your voice. Woo. Come on. I'm telling you, call for the breath of God. Shut up, no Listen, hang there for a second. Hang there for a second. Because sometimes we get in a situation like this. Pastor, I've been, I've been in church all my life. I'm 64 years old. I'll be 65 this year. And you know what? I've been in church long enough to know that we can get emotionally motivated but then there comes a point in time when it becomes personal. Anybody ever had it become personal? Your prayer kind of changes when it's personal, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I, it's like, okay, you know, listen what, I, I love you, but shut up. I got to have Jesus right now. I'm not offending you. I don't mean to be offensive, but I got to have an answer from my God. I want you... I don't know if you I got a got a microphone. Something. I want you to give that testimony. Cause sometimes it needs to become personal. It needs to be personal. Tell them the testimony. So you guys know I wasn't here um, the morning, but I called and I I had Tyler pray the worship, and I had David play the the service. And I was listening to it in, in the hospital with Jack. And when he spoke about breathing and breathing in and breathing out, I ran to Jack because that's what the devil has been trying to get on my on children now. and their breath. And I said, I'm going to breathe on them, the breath of God. I ran to Jack and I started breathing on him. And I could feel the Holy Spirit moving in that room. And it, he is doing amazing. He is a testimony of the breath of God. He is a testimony. 
got one more thing every once in a while every once in a while we need a little help there's no shame they I'm sorry there is southern came out there sorry there is no shame in asking I need a little help right now you know some of the strongest athletes in the world have to go to the sideline every once and just sidelines and you'll see them. They'll take that mask. They need a little help because they got winded. Here's what I'm going to do. If you are winded and you say, Pastor, I need just a little bit of air because I feel like if I can breathe a little bit if I can just breathe a little bit I can get the strength to move again 
I'm giving you this opportunity right now just to step forward. Come on. Come on. All right. Now I'm just going, I'm going to be honest with you. Those of you that are out there, come on. Because you know what? In, in the job that I do, this is probably too much information, but I'll do it, make it really quick. I do counseling. I'm, I'm a therapeutic behavioral specialist in group homes with kids out of protective services out of the system that moms and dads are incarcerated some of them have already lost all parental rights some of these kids have been raped some of them have been abused some of them are abusers and I work with them and in that job we have to teach I can't always be the one that performs CPR so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you, I need you to put your hand right there, put it right there, and then I'm going to push if there's a, something choking you. Or I'm going to lean you back and I'm going to put your head like this and I'm going to pinch that nose just a little bit and I'm going to breathe into you. The thing of it is, you become a breather for someone else. So every one of you that stepped up here and said, I need some more breath. You know what? You're going to become the breather for the ones that are in back. But Pastor, I, I need breath. Oh, you get breath when you're breathing. Sometimes it's called, you have to make a call on that breath. You've got to make a demand upon that breath. So here's what I want you to do. I want you just to turn to someone. Lay your hand on them however you want to. Be kind. And I want you to call for breath to them. Call for breath. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do some spiritual CPR in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, begin to call for breath. Come on. I need to hear some intercession. I need to hear some intercession where you begin to call for breath. Come on. Call for breath. Call for breath. Call for breath. Call. Woo! Now breathe. Breathe, Holy Ghost. Breathe, Holy Ghost. Breathe, Holy Ghost. Breathe, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, begin to speak. Begin to speak in that spirit now. 
begin to release the Holy Ghost. Begin to speak. Breathe. Here, you ready? You ready? Now, listen. Now, I want us to quit calling for breath and I want us to breathe. I want you to begin to express in the Holy Ghost. You've called for it. Now release it. That's the process. Come on, that's the process. Open your mouth. Let go of the Holy Ghost. Begin to receive. There's a receiving and there's a releasing. This is the process. Glory, glory, Sanamara non amaharadriete. Yele bruce bendere matara bahatea, naramandene maradriete, orosapondere maradrieta. Glory, amen, amen. Now see, some of y'all looked at Sheree and you was like, why'd she do that? Well, that was the release. Miss Carolyn right now, that's the release. That's what it looks like. Now, uh, we, we saw Gil take out running earlier. That's a release. Twyla took out running. That's the release. You know, we, we've, got to, we've got to be willing to embrace whatever expression it is that causes it. You know, it's, it's those expressions that connect us 
with those things that God wants to do with us in our spirit. And it's what, it's what those, man, I feel the spirit of God. <laughs> there, there are previous generations that understood that. And then somewhere, you know, with, because of religion and because of tradition, that, that was blurred and people, you know, people began to go through the motions of, of, of these expressions without the, that, that draw from the spirit, without that breath. You know, when, when it's outside of the breath, it's religious. But when, when, you, when you release those expressions in the midst of God breathing upon you, it's the release. It's the release. And man, I'm telling you right now, there are lots of you in this building tonight. You know that God's going to demand some sort of expression from you. And, and here's the thing. You've got to be willing to lay down your pride and lay down your, you know, some people think it's religious for us to come up in here and have this expression. I'll tell you what's religious, for God's breath to be in the house and, and you deny him that expression because of pride or because of fear or because it doesn't seem acceptable in this hour. Listen, it may not have been acceptable in the time prior to uh, 2020, but I'm telling you right now, the tide is turned. The tide is turned, and God is drawing his people back to that holy place, back to that place where the breath of God is being breathed upon his people, and the expression that he's looking for, for the release that he's looking for from us, is given unto him. Listen, I just want you to take a minute, lift your hands and thank him one more time for what he's done in this place today. Thank God. Thank God. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in me. Yay. <laughs> oh, yes, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Turn to someone, tell them we're moving forward. Amen. Mighty God, listen. You know, I don't, uh, this was so strange. This has never happened to me, Pastor Angela. Every time that we were going to have Pastor Harris and you to come, there was always such a witness in my spirit that you were to come. And we were going to have you for the couples retreat. And, I mean, I just couldn't get settled. And, you know, it made me feel bad because I thought, uh, you know, I don't want Pastor Harris to feel like we don't ha want to have him. And, but it just wouldn't settle in my spirit. It just wouldn't settle in my heart. And um, I was like, well, you know, the, the, the option was for him to do it or for me to do it. And I didn't want to do it. You know, I just wanted to go to and hang out with everybody and have fellowship. And I, I loved, you know, P Pastor Harris, there's a reason why I have him. He feeds my spirit. Listen, y'all ought, ought to roll out of here going, it's your boy, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he feeds my spirit. And, uh, and I know this brother's life. I mean, he, he's, he's not, he's not uh, listen, 
He's not some flaky, you know. Anyway, but you know, as you got up here today, I realized that the, the Lord needed for you to come at this moment and at this time. Because had you come back then, you, you would maybe you wouldn't have had this word. Maybe you maybe it wouldn't have left room for this word. I certainly would have, you know, maybe considered not trying to get you to come back because I know it's a long trip for you. But man, I'm telling you, God is God is the orchestrator. Amen. He is the author. He is not the editor of your life. He is the author. And God is revealing what he has authored about you in this season and in this time and in this moment. I'm listen, I I'm looking at Michael. Man, I wish I could find some way to get him to stay here this week. I, I'm telling you, I feel so strong in my spirit about these meetings. And y'all know, y'all know I'm passionate when it comes to being in the house of God. But I'm not, this isn't just out of my head, church. This is out of my spirit. If there was something that I could do to facilitate every one of you being here every moment of these meetings, I would do it because I believe that God is doing it. If you can't sense it in the atmosphere, I mean, this is first day of revival, church. And y'all know revival. Y'all know what this is about. And you know good and well that first first days, first night, it's you know that's that's that that's that laboring, you know, plowing. There ain't no plowing happening here. Boy, he opened up the fire hydrant. We didn't. We just went. Boy, we're taking it in. And so, I want to encourage you. I know we're getting out early tonight. Don't let that fool you. That don't mean it's gonna happen every night. Yeah, don't don't get don't don't get accustomed to it now, but. Now, I'm not preaching. Some of you are like, he's just preparing for when he preaches. No, no, I'm not preaching this week except in the morning. But um, I want you tonight to allow God's Spirit to continue to work in you in the way that he uh, is working now. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. You could very easily leave here and go and watch and binge on something on Netflix. Don't do, resist the temptation of doing what you would normally do. Break the cycle that brought you to a breathless place. Break it now in the name of Jesus. The, the, the quicker you break that cycle, the quicker you break that cycle. I mean, we've got a week to change bad habits, to change bad behaviors that have caused us to be out of breath and kept us from his presence and from uh, the fulfillment of his promises and his word in our life. So that's what I want to leave you with before you go today. Listen, I am so glad that you're here today. I do, I do think that probably this week we will come close to the full capacity that this building can hold. And so we will probably have to put some chairs over here, um, uh, here this week. But don't let that keep you from coming. Listen, we will find a place for you somewhere in this building if we have to. We'll, we'll, we'll pull it, everybody all the way up to here and just give everybody just a little bit of room. Well, we'll do whatever it takes because we're going to receive this week. Listen. Thank God. I thank God. I thank God. So, Father, we thank you for what you've done today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. God, thank you for your breath. <laughs> thank you for your breath. Lord, I thank you that you have a people in Oklahoma City. God, you have a people in the United States of America, in the state of Oklahoma. God, you have a people that hunger and thirst after you. 
that are willing, Lord, for you to interrupt their life. They're, they're willing to allow you to interrupt their regularly scheduled program to do whatever it is that you want to do. So here we are, Lord. Go ahead and interrupt. Amen. We're willing, and we will be obedient, and we will allow you to be the God that you said that you are. Lord, thank you. Thank you. I pray, God, that you will go with your people. As we go out of here, Lord, as we go with your presence, may the circumstances of our, of our homes change. May, may husbands be, uh, may husbands be uh, empowered by the breath that we carry out of here. May children straighten out because of the breath of God that we carry out of here tonight. May, uh, may co-workers be arrested by the very presence of God that is manifested in and through us. Lord, may all of our whole life begin to change and transform as a result of what you're doing, God, in us today. So, Lord, we thank you. We will give you all the glory, and we will give you all the praise for all that you do. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. amen. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you. We are back here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Don't forget, no morning service tomorrow. 10, 10 a.m. starting on Tuesday, every day till Friday at 10 a.m., every day from tomorrow night until Friday night, 7 p.m. Pastor Harris will be back with us tomorrow night ministering the Word of God, telling us what God is saying to him about us. This Word is for us today. Uh, so go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I will see you back here tomorrow, 7 p.m. in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>